Hi, everybody. A quick message before we begin today's podcast. We have just released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. Stay tuned for the end of the episode for more information. Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, back to the podcast. So today, we're going to be talking about taking your health and wellness into your own hands. My guest today is Mira Mystery. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so grateful to be here. So, so looking forward to it. I, I, you know, we had a chance to kind of chit chat, obviously, before the podcast. And, you know, um, you have an interesting evolution of taking health and wellness into your own hands. And so I'm excited to, you know, explore that a little more deeply and share it with our listeners. Yes, for sure. Let's do it. All right. Well, I always like to start off with, you know, tell us about you and kind of like, the story of what kind of arose for you and like why you decided to take matters into your own hands. Yes. So thank you so much. Um, Yeah. So my name is Mira, as you mentioned, I'm 24 years old, just so everybody knows. And I recently just started my passion for yoga, wellness and movement. And really where my story began was probably dating back like a year and a half ago. So not too long ago. Uh, just before the pandemic had started, I was starting just my next transition of life and entering the adult workforce of, you know, finding your full-time job, just recently graduated. So between that transition, what really ended up happening was uh, I was facing a bit of health issues in terms of low iron. And I had previously had low iron a few years ago, but, and this is something ongoing, but I kind of thought, you know, a couple of years ago, once you take your medication or whatever you need for low iron, the iron pills, uh, you'll be cured and that's it. And you'll be good to go. And obviously I learned quickly that it doesn't work like that. And, you know, low iron can rehappen again at any point in time. So that's exactly what happened during that time. I was faced with just some low iron feelings. So whether it's feeling pretty weak or tired, and then one episode almost had me a little bit faint in an airport, actually. So that was not too fun. Luckily, I was okay. Um, and I had some quick fix remedies like orange juice and a couple nuts and whatever you need to just get your blood sugar back up as well. So then I quickly found some more natural natural supplements such as like low iron, sorry, not low iron, um, liquid iron is what I was trying to say. And that really, I think, boosted my iron levels in, in instantly because it's going straight into your bloodstream. Um, and then I guess the key lesson there was just that it's not really, again, about a quick fix, but it's really about what do I need to change in my lifestyle? So yes, I might be fixing my iron levels, but what if, what happens when they start lowering again? So what, what's causing that and understanding like the deep rooted issue. And really it was about 
changing my lifestyle habits and changing my health and what I was eating on a day-to-day basis, because I might not be absorbing all the iron in the food in everything I'm eating. So I had to kind of understand that, you know, it's really about adding a lot of raw fruits and veggies and taking other supplements to kind of help balance my whole health and, you know, lifestyle there. So that was a, a big lesson for myself. And it, you know, it took a couple months. Um, but I think the key message was just like, yeah, it, my health is in my own hands. And at the end of the day, no one's going to be there to like, you know, tell me how to, I don't know, be the most healthiest person. It's really about uh, doing your own research and talking to different individuals that might be able to help you along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, thank you for, for sharing that piece. Um, because you're right. Like we have, um, you know, we have medicine, we have modern medicine that tells us like, Hey, here's like the diagnosis and the problem, like here's one solution. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, that one solution doesn't just occur in isolation, (laughs) you know, from other things, right? Like then the question becomes, okay, great. I have this, but then like, how did I get here? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And then like, how, you know, how do I make sure I don't get back there? Right. And oftentimes that's, you know, modern medicine, I mean, is fantastic on diagnosis and, and acute management of like some serious things, but then, you know, sometimes doesn't always offer, the like longer term, like, well, you know, what's the broader picture of that? Exactly. And, and then it falls it's, upon us, right? Yeah. And it's like an everyday investment, I feel like, because, um, you know, you can, you can make so much changes right now and it can, it can really like help you forever in your life, right? Whatever you do today and taking um, and that action and prioritizing your health first, it's going to only help you down the road forever, I think. So I think I'd always, I'd always thought like, oh, I'm healthy, I'm active. And, you know, physical well being is one part of it. But also like, what, what am I eating every day? How much water am I drinking? All those kind of things. I kind of thought, oh, I'm young, I can just get past it. And, you know, but any problem can happen at any age. And I mean, this is something that I'd say a lot of my friends go through. But it's, it's your, when I started getting more in tune with my body, but it's really about listening to your body. So what is it telling you? And I'm somebody that just takes everything seriously because I like to feel like I'm responsible for myself. So when this happened, I mean, to most people, they'd be like, oh yeah, I face that issue all the time. But for me, it was like, oh, I need to do something about this. Like it was more serious to me. Yeah. um, I was mentioning in a presentation I was doing earlier today, like this is your body. Mm -hmm it's yours. Yeah. It's not anybody else's. Right. Exactly. And, and so I think that there has to be some part of us that needs to be responsible for us. Right. Mm-hmm. We can't expect that somebody else is going to come and rescue us. Like we have to take care of ourselves. This is our body. Yeah, exactly. Right? I agree. So, so you had this like iron issue that like came up and you were working to resolve that was there something else happening simultaneously while you were kind of dealing with the iron issue that was kind of concerning for your health as well? Yeah. So I think when I was still going through again, that transition period of just starting uh, the next chapter of my life with work, I, you know, found myself just, it's that adjustment, six month adjustment of just starting any new job, but especially right when you graduate, there's that learning curve. I think you're really entered into and 
me being a bit of like very hard on myself at the time, sometimes, you know, still to this day, I'm, I'm pretty hard on myself, but it's that perfectionism as well. Like thinking I need to be like, I need to learn basically everything I've already gotten the role for, like all the job and responsibilities for, I, I need to know it right away, or I need to know it within like a month. Like, why am I not there yet? So there was so much going on mentally. And I think that was taking a load on myself as well, but I didn't really um, have that awareness to understand that that was the issue. So I think after my low and iron situation, um, I was having a bit of like a PTSD of feeling like, am I feeling like faint again, or a bit of social anxiety or some sort of anxiety, basically feeling like, you know, if I'm standing here, what if I suddenly start feeling like my, my low iron symptoms and somebody could watch me, um, faint or like, so just some, some of these thoughts just kept coming up and I couldn't shut them out. And it was like the weirdest thing for me. And to be honest, I really thought, oh, I have some medical issue. Like there's definitely something like literally wrong with me. So that kept playing in my head. And then I had a, co- a couple conversations with some of my family friends and especially one of them, she was like, you know, I have like anxiety and depression and I really think it might be just a bit of anxiety for you. And I was like, no, 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 it's maybe it's just my low iron. So anyways, a couple weeks later, a couple months later, uh, you know, I, I went to the doctor just to, I'm pretty responsible again with my health and I wanted to check how my iron levels were. So she said they were improving. We went through all that. And then she just said, so how are you doing? And I, I literally almost just like bursted into tears and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm very happy with everything that's going on in my life. I can't be more grateful, but I just keep feeling like weird. And I feel like all these different thoughts running through my brain. So she just looked at me and she's like, okay. She's like, I think I know what's happening here. So she's known me my whole life. And she said that I feel like every time you're, you're faced with a new transition in your life. So when I went from like high school to university, cause I was moving out, um, all of that sort of stuff. She just said, I think you start to feel a bit of anxiety. And I, and she's like, whether you realize it or not, that's what I noticed because you're, you're hard on yourself. So you're always worrying all the time. You're trying to be perfect. So that is definitely like what anxiety really is too. And I, I just looked at her and it was kind of that confirmation that like, okay, this is probably just anxiety. And I just looked at her like, okay, <laughs> I think I accept it now because you've just confirmed it to me. So that's really what happened is I basically had anxiety and I, I said to her, you know what, like there's actually a studio, a yoga studio in Brampton that um, I got like a free class pass and I wanted to try out. And I know the benefits of, you know, yoga and meditation. I mean, I haven't got super deeply into it, but I think I should give it a try. And she just she knew herself, which was awesome because I feel like a lot of the time, sometimes in healthcare, you might be faced with, you know, doctors and such that might just say, here's some medication right away. Um, but you know what she did say, okay, you know, she wasn't even trying to push back. She said, I really think that this is something you can get through on your own. So it was kind of like that belief in myself too. And I was like, okay, wow, she's believing in me too. And she's like, and you know what? if it doesn't work or whatever you try doesn't work, just come back and we'll revisit other options. So she just allowed me to have that um, space to, you know, explore and see what was going to help me. And I was like, okay. So I kind of acted fast and hit up that studio. And long before that, it was just like magical after that. It was the best feeling ever leaving that studio and feeling like just so mentally calm and peace 
full, like within your body and your breath work, um, everything. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't been be, couldn't have been more grateful, I think during that moment. So you're there having this conversation with your physician and, you know, they're saying she's sort of suggesting, okay, this may sound, you know, this sounds like anxiety in that moment. Like, did your mind go automatically to thinking that, you know, medication was going to be the thing you needed? Like how, how did you, cause you, it kind of sounded like you, you had already made a very split second decision that like you were going to do the yoga. Like did the medication piece not even come up in your mind? Like how did you, and how did you know that potentially yoga and meditation would have had positive impacts? Like had you read about it? I mean, cause you had no exposure prior to, to yes. that, right? So I feel like I had tastes of yoga and meditation throughout my life. Um, personally speaking, like growing up, I've always been, uh, an active individual. So, you know, when I was in high school, I was a part of like so many different like dance teams, for example. And specifically, I was in a dance course. And my teacher, who was the dance teacher at the time, she actually introduced our class to yoga and meditation. And it kind of brought me back to that Zen moment of like, I remember just a couple days in class, we would do like meditation, breathing, and yoga. And I would, I remember leaving and just spending the whole day with my friends, just feeling so calm. And that feeling like never left my brain. Like I always remember that moment. And so it, it kind of lingered into university. There were times and even summers where like, I, I, I joined a yoga studio in Toronto. I'd done hot yoga and I felt that feeling of like, ah, like peace. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it was never consistent. It was never a deep rooted, consistent practice. So it was always on and off. And then I think before that doctor appointment, I, I it's like something, I don't know what it was, but something inside of me was telling me like, okay, when every time I was Googling, like, you know, I'm feeling like this, I'm feeling anxious or any sort of like, even if they weren't well-researched articles, any articles that were popping up a lot of the times, like, yes, they're going to talk about, you know, what medication and such could help. But most of it was really just lifestyle changes and stuff that I felt like I've, I've seen this before. I know this before it's familiar, but I've never went deep into it. So I think it was that it was just seeing like the, the science, literally so much science behind meditation and what it can do for your overall health and well-being, um, and, and how much, like there's so many percentages and statistics behind it. And I just thought, okay, like clearly this is something. And then the other part of me was also seeking um, even somebody to talk to like a therapist. And to be honest, I was very close to getting also a therapist at the time, but I really didn't know the resources like near me or what I should be doing with that. And again, no shame on that. Like even if I had taken one at the time, I think it probably would have helped me at the same time. But I, I think it was just still something that's so fresh and new to this day and age of like seeking therapy and having help. I think it's beautiful in this moment. And like later on in, in my life, if I ever wanted one, I'd probably get one. But yeah, somehow I just thought, okay, yoga and meditation is where I'll just start for now, like without overcomplicating it. I think that's what it was. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And so, so you, you know, you, you joined to get your session, you know, like talk, talk to us about like what your experience of that session was and what were you thinking when you left that session and like, where are things for you now? 
Okay. Yeah. So it was, I mean, that session was probably like, I'll never forget that day. It was, it's the community. So it's, in, it's the aura house in Brampton and everybody there is just so they've got such lovely energy, each of them. And uh, I remember just, you know, being in the class was my first time. They actually had a few people there from Sage as well, you know, uh, selling some of their products. So I ended up leaving with a bunch of Sage essential oils and such. So it just felt like such an experience inside and such a community. And I think that was a really good feeling to feel like you're a part of something. So, I mean, it was a yin yoga class. So in yin, you're actually moving your body quite slowly and you're doing uh, deep, deep stretches and holding them for longer periods of time. So sometimes one minute to three minutes. And while you're doing that, of course, you're, you know, breathing and, and to help you with that, you know, if it feels painful, help you really get deeper into the stretch. And I think that com combined with just the movement piece, I just remember like my mind was on probably level 10 running full speed ahead. And I was definitely in the class thinking so many different thoughts during the first half of it. And even feeling anxious, which was the craziest thing. I'm like, how do you feel anxious in a yoga class? But, you know, just being so, I guess my anxiety was pretty high at that moment, moment in time. It just took a little while for my body to really calm down and sync up with my uh, mind there too. So again, after the class though, I, I feel like I went with my parents. I just looked at them and I was like, that was the best thing I've had or felt in a long time. Like, I felt like myself again. And I felt like um, I wasn't just like, I felt like for a long time, the anxiety was building up in my brain, feeling like I don't even know who I am anymore, which was almost scary. And after this yoga class, it really felt like, okay, I feel like I know who I am again. I'm, I'm getting there. It kind of just planted that seed. And after that, I was like to my parents, I don't care how much this yoga studio costs or whatever it is, I'm signing up. And that's literally what I did the next day. So it was that feeling. It was definitely the feeling in person in studio. Yeah. So what's coming to my mind, because I've had a similar um, sort of experience with respect to, you know, having moments of high stress or high anxiety. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there are times in our life when things do become overwhelming, right? Yeah. And I remember because I had started meditation practice, um, back in 2015, when I was pregnant, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, because I knew the benefits of the relaxation response. And I wanted to make sure that I was relaxed as possible throughout yeah. my pregnancy to make sure those hormones of relaxation, yeah. got, you know, passed down. Um, but I remember there being times where I would get into the breathing and I would begin to feel like almost like you're going up a roller coaster. My <laughs> anxiousness would go up and then it would go up. And I'm like, what is yes. happening? Yep. And then it would go up. And then, you know, there's that moment when you hit the top of the roller coaster where there's like this pause. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, just as quickly as you came up, you start to come down exactly. really quickly. And yeah. I've been learning recently about the stress cycle mm. and that with like with stress there's a peak and if you can stay you know most people get scared right right of that peak they don't want to be there it's uncomfortable yeah right sure. but I said to myself okay if I keep going with the breathing if I just keep breathing like stay with this feeling you know I hit that peak and as 
as soon as I hit the peak, boom, it came down and I was in a deep sense of relaxation. Oh, amazing. Right. But we, but we often stop ourselves because it's like, Ooh, it's getting a little uncomfortable and we're not really taught how to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the other part about yin yoga that I found is you're holding these positions Mm -hmm. for a period of time. Yeah. Exactly. I don't, I don't do yin yoga, but I, I've, I've had it, moments of experiencing poses. They're not like roses. <laughs> like they're hard. They're hard. They are hard. They're uncomfortable. <laughs> Especially if like, yeah, you don't have the flexibility. You're going to be in for a treat. <laughs> well, you're going to feel something, yeah. right? Yeah. And we're yeah. so kind of like, I don't want to feel that, or I don't want to feel mm-hmm. bad. Like mm-hmm. everything's got to feel good all the time that yeah. we, we have no resiliency mm-hmm. or like no buffer zone for, right. So then everything kind of yep. becomes more extremes. Yeah. That's our human nature, right. To just choose comfort first. So anything uncomfortable, I feel like we run away from, and exactly what you're saying. It's like, how do you how do you deal with that stress? Cause that's the same thing that would happen to me. It's like, it, it, it almost, I love that analogy you just used of the roller coaster. Cause yeah, once you're at that peak, that's how I, at the peak, I felt like, oh my gosh, the, the other part of my side that loves to take care of myself and be responsible for everything felt like, let's just start panicking more or like, let's, let's figure out what we need to do really quickly. Right. And maybe I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't have the panic attacks per se, wouldn't get to that extent, but I would start overanalyzing everything going on in my brain and just start thinking, oh my gosh, what's the, what's, what do I need to do right now? And it's like, if I could go back, it's just like, just breathe. <laughs> That's all breathe. And actually maybe if you breathe for like 15 minutes and then maybe go back to what was actually stressing you out, you'll probably have a more calm mind and you can actually think through whatever problem it is. And maybe you can just shrug it off at that point too. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of the like the premise and the idea and yeah. that when you learn different techniques to you know be able to handle some of the peaks of life because that's unavoidable it's right. completely unavoidable to not have like peaks of stress in our lives um but you know when we learn techniques we can actually buffer our nervous system to be able to have a slightly larger window of tolerance, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Exactly. Where we can work a little bit more into the uncomfort without feeling like we're going to fall apart, right? Yeah, exactly. And so meditation, yoga practices, and there's so many other types of things. There's Tai Chi, there's Qigong, there's like, there's tons of relaxation movement practices that yeah. helps us with that buffer zone. Exactly. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And um, coming back to I think it was the point of, yeah, the buffer zone is definitely what you need to be, I guess, managing and maintaining that relaxation, because it'll help you exactly what you're saying when you're faced with a bigger stress problem later on in life, you'll figure out, okay, this is what worked previously, or I'm having this moment again okay, hang on a second. What, what have I done before that's helped me? It, it's a bit of that self-awareness coming in and you're, you're just calming down your nervous system, I think is the key point. Cause that's definitely what was out of line before with myself was just my nervous system was probably just, and I think I did a bit of research on it, but I'm not too familiar with the science behind it, it was definitely though your nervous system. It was, it was just out of, out of line. And, and I think I was really training those, those chemicals in your nervous system to um, just, yeah, be in sync, I guess, and calming down altogether. And 
I notice the difference so much now. And I think sometimes I'll still have my moments like you're mentioning, and they're still going to continue. Um, and even the anxiety moments of that little bit of a feeling of PTSD. I'm like, am I, am I feeling like I'm going to fall again? It's always that kind of feeling for me or some sort of, for some sort of reason, that's where my anxiety starts to stem out of. And then I just, it's coming back to the present moment. I think that's it. It's like, uh, I think a simple trick I learned was like the five senses one, which is like, what can you taste, touch, see here? And just that helps you bring yourself back to like literally this moment right now and not like hallucinating in your head. <laughs> so, so yoga meditation has now like, I'm assuming become, you know, part of, part of your life and journey. I want to chat a little bit about self-love mm-hmm. um, and how does, how has that, you know, intertwined with your meditation yoga practice? Um, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think after, I mean, after, I mean, like the whole finding yoga through the studio and everything, um, you know, that's really when the, it was interesting timing because it was about February, the month right before the pandemic closing down. So I was like, oh, this is great. I'm on my journey. Everything's beautiful. And then, yeah, of course, everything just shut down. So I was like, oh, no, how am I going to go to my classes? Like, slightly panicking but then part of me was like okay I feel so involved in the community that it was transitioning into online at that point so in that period of time it was almost around uh you know spring and summer and it it really gave me I think it was the first time I felt like it gave me permission to choose myself first because growing up and you know the way I was raised uh it's beautiful because in my home we're, we're such a family oriented um family I guess And we're always taught to like give and we've definitely been the family that loves to help others and just always be there for others. So that's ingrained in me and it's beautiful. But then with that also comes maybe sometimes overgiving and maybe a bit of people pleasing and sometimes just not, yeah, prioritizing yourself first. And I think everyone goes through it in some shape or form. But I think when that pandemic happened and started, it really, it felt like permission for myself to just choose me because nobody could go out. Nobody could really do anything. And I, I really did feel the sense of like, wow, I'm learning more about what yoga is, what meditation is. And yoga is not just about moving your body. Yoga is also like a lifestyle, a way to live. So whether it's like being in sync with your breath, being in sync with, um, you know, how you treat others, it's all a part of the definition of yoga. We just, in the Western world, see it as just like a movement practice, right? Or just stretching. So yeah, that's when I started learning more about that self-love piece because um, I'd started to, at the same time, take in a course to learning and teaching yoga online. And this was just something because I wanted to deepen my practice and learn more about yoga. And yes, in my head, I actually had thought, okay, one day I want to start teaching. But right now the intention was just, let me just learn a lot about yoga. So it went hand in hand with um, learning about self-love and self-care because I was working from home. I was at home. So I finally felt like, okay, I have permission to just be on my own. And I started to really build a morning routine. And that was probably the biggest thing I think I learned and how I practice self-love and care Um, before the pandemic. It was really just wake up, 
and go to work and rush out of bed and throw in your clothes. And <laughs> I think you, you can only handle that so much before you start to burn out by the end of the week. So I might be super positive minded. I might be the person that's really outgoing and friendly and works hard. But if I can't balance out those two parts of my life with a bit of stability and discipline, I'm going to break at certain points and it's going to hit me harder than if I can control what I can control. If I can choose that energy and control it, it's going to really be to my advantage. So it was the smallest thing, but I just started my morning routine and did small habits because I, I knew from past experience, whenever I've tried to do 12 things at once, it never works. So it was really like, okay, wake up. And the first thing I'm going to do is just try not to look at my phone. If it means turning my notifications off before bed so that I don't get prompted to, then that's what I do. Until this day now, I can attest that I don't look at my phone in the morning. Um, I will be honest, there are times on the weekends I do, but that, that habit has really helped me in the morning because I'm not reactive to the world. Um, the other thing is like making your bed in the morning. I know it's simple and silly, it can sound, but it, it's your first, I guess, win of the day. So when you actually make your bed in the morning, you feel way more productive. You're like, okay, I've, I've finished one task. Now I'm ready to do another one. Um, the other thing was like meditation and yoga. So I didn't start crazy, like with any crazy time frames. I just started with like five minutes of meditation at first and then five minutes of maybe just stretching and doing a bit of yoga on my own. If I had time, I'd put on a video, whatever I wanted to do. And that was all I really did in the morning. Sometimes I journaled. Sometimes I just read some spiritual texts, um, anything to kind of get my mind stimulated. And then I think the biggest thing I practiced too was affirmations. So really just, you know, how do I, the self-talk I think is so important because that's a lot of the anxiety in my head because it's telling myself maybe like, oh, we're going to feel this. I'm scared of this. I don't know what to do here. So practicing affirmations until this day has been so powerful, whether it's just saying like, I'm enough. Um, I accept myself or, you know, I know I can do anything I believe in. I believe in myself, all those kind of things, repeating it every morning in your head or out loud is, was so, so powerful. And till this day, I think, um, you know, it's not something that's changed. It's helped ground me. So when I do start work, I'm more mindful. I'm more calm. I'm more like self-aware versus, okay, I need to do this and feeling like I'm in a rush. And then I have super high energy and then 12 o'clock hits and I'm exhausted. <laughs> so that's kind of what happened. That's amazing. So I have a, I guess I have a couple of comments because, um, yeah. so I, I, you know, I am diving so deeply into our nervous system to mm -hmm. really figure out how it works, how we can influence and how we can work with it to just have more regulation, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about resiliency because we as humans, you know, we are, we really do need to be able to experience a wide range of states and emotions and not become necessarily over, you know, overwhelmed or having techniques to, you know, shift our estates and things. Um, so you're right. If you wake up, and you got 1500 emails and, you know, notifications like crazy, your, your body is going to like go into, oh my God, I need to like move and get all this stuff done. Mm -hmm. Your body's going to go into fight or flight, right. right. Into a full on mobilization to like get to the next thing. And we sort of have this kind of culture of like, you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to hustle and you got to grind and you got to get this yeah. done. And like, you got to be efficient and you got to hit your productivity and right. Like 
we're all revving. Yeah. You know, our engine is like hundred miles an hour all the time. Yeah. Especially working from home. (laughs) It's almost like you're doing more right at home. So if you, so I, I totally get the whole idea because I practice this myself. So I have a morning routine that I do um, as well. Oh, I love that. that. You need to set yourself up from like a, a more calmer state of your nervous system. Mm-hmm. You don't need to fully mobilize as if a saber toothed tiger is going to eat you. You know what I mean? Like, well, exactly. the nervous system doesn't know the difference, exactly. right? When we mobilize, it's like, oh my God, like, what's the danger here? Mm-hmm. So it's trying to protect you. Exactly. And then it releases all the hormones and everything and you're all jacked in the morning. And then you have a dump mid afternoon because you just, you can't function like that. Exactly. 365 days a year, 24 hours. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. that our bodies start to wear down. Right. So mm-hmm. I like the idea of starting from a much calmer sense of the nervous system where you're not reacting, but taking the time to create what the day is going to start off looking like. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And, and choosing to be, I think, present in the moment because, yeah, you know, a whole other conversation, but technology is all around us. So it's so easy to choose that first, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I absolutely agree with like affirmations being mm-hmm something that can be really, really important. And I'm not sure if you know about this, but I'm going to tell it to you anyways and tell it to our listeners. Um, there's yeah. an app, there's a free app. It's called think up. Okay. I've never heard you, of it. Yeah. So it's, it's free. And what you do is you record your affirmation. Oh, wow. In your voice. And then it puts it to music okay. and then it basically loops until oh, you wow. turn it off. So I tend to do this more at nighttime. So I'm falling asleep. So I'll put, put the app on and it'll play like relaxation music and basically cycles through all of my affirmations. So I'm, that's what I'm going to sleep to. Oh, that's um, The free version gives you three. So you can record three different affirmations that's in your own voice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then puts it to music. If you, it's not that expensive, you know, there's a cost, but then you have unlimited affirmations. Then you could pick the music. You, oh, can, set a, you can set a timer for how long mm-hmm. the affirmations go for. So you don't have to worry about shutting your phone off. So anyways, it's a really great thing. If you need like an audio kind of like yeah. hearing it in your own voice kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. To hear, to really hear it, then you believe it more. Right. And if it's your own voice, you're going to believe it even more. I mean, some people I know, they don't like to listen to themselves so they could say it out loud, but that's another way if they don't mind that. Um, yep. And there's, and I know there's so many, you know, listen, uh, what's it called? Podcasts and um, audios on, on Spotify or whatever platform you use that, that have that same, same sort of effect. Like there's a couple of affirmation ones I found on Spotify that have been like so powerful sometimes when I don't want to quite listen to me saying it out loud, but I need somebody else to tell me that's exactly the same thing you can do. So yeah, whatever you're feeling, I think that's a good, good way to just have incorporate another resource. Exactly. So I want to talk. So, okay. So we have this yoga practice that you've then taken to learning and deepening your practice and you're working a new job. Mm -hmm. 
So I want to chat a little bit about entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and some of the struggles with that and how you manage those struggles. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, Yeah, tell us about your like entrepreneurial journey. I would love to. So I think, yeah, I guess going back to just, you know, deepening the practice and and learning that yoga course, um, where it all kind of sort of began there was just, we had a final group project where you had to teach yoga class uh it could be just really with anybody in your household it was really just to submit that video um, of yourself teaching and i i you know somebody like myself wanting always a challenge and to get out of my comfort zone because that's how you grow um in that moment too also feeling a lot better mentally i was like you know this is this would be a good way to just get on my comfort zone and why don't i just teach a class so i taught to my close friends and family And it ended up being almost, I can't remember the total now, but it was definitely over 40 people, I really want to say. And it was all through Zoom because that was the power of technology where you could have that many people in one room because it's virtual. And, you know, at the time I was super nervous, but it was excitement and nerves at the same time. And I had initially practiced with a few of my close friends just to make sure the routine I was teaching was something that they could grasp because it was really like intro to yoga. So uh, I ended up teaching that class, got some feedback. And then when I taught to the bigger group, you know, everyone was so, so like amazed and, and, and they really loved it. And some people had never done yoga. They were just probably there to support myself. And this was just their way of trying it. And then they ended up really enjoying it. So I mean, after that class, it was just like, okay, great, I'm done, I'm certified. And then I got a lot of feedback from everyone saying, so when is your next class? And I said, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? I wasn't supposed to start teaching right away. That's not the plan. But as life goes, there's, you know, not always that clear cut plan that's going to happen. So, you know, I had to kind of reflect because yes, this is a new business thing that I'm maybe doing in passion on the side, but I didn't want to do it right away for the wrong reasons. So I really thought about it. I was like, okay, if the intention behind this is like, you know, we're in, we're still in a lockdown at that point, nothing was open in terms of gym or studios. So people are really looking for ways to, to innovate and, you know, be creative with movement because, you know, they're getting bored of their own workouts and I was getting bored of my own too. So I thought, okay, if the intention is really to help my community, which is something I love personally and is my passion when I really think about, you know, what is my passion and purpose? It's, helping others and helping inspire others. So if I'm doing that through movement, why not? And that's exactly what I did. So I started to teach uh, Zoom sessions um, just from February up until till this day. So I still do that. And, you know, at first it's so exciting, of course, because you're like on the high of like, this is great. I'm teaching people. I'm doing what I love. And it's not to say that I don't feel that way. I still do feel that way. But I will say, I, I'm, maybe it's just my personality, but <laughs> I, I tend to get bored quite fast sometimes, or I need something to stimulate me all the time, it feels like. And so after a couple months, you know, I, I also started my social media page to brand my yoga and wellness. And it was, again, very exciting. I was so excited to release content. But some of the challenges I think I was facing was just like, okay, now I've done X, Y, and Z. How do I be better? 
how do I be better? So a bit of that perfectionism was playing back into my head, or I think a common one is imposter syndrome, feeling like you're not good enough. And I was really feeling like, okay, so sometimes I'm getting bored or sometimes I'm not thinking of creative ideas. What do I do? And it's just this whole constant cycle. But I think the more you speak about it to other entrepreneurs, they're going through the exact same thing. And I think you and I had a chat before and and you said, this is very normal. So it, it definitely feels like, it's, it's not just something that I feel and everyone goes through it. But at the same time, I think it's just a moment to also come back to why you're doing it. So if you come back to like, why am I doing this? And understanding the, the bigger picture and trusting the process, you can, I, that's how I typically get out of that funk. Because it's like, you'll feel that with everything you do. There's no like perfect lifelong plan of here you do this and you're going to be happy forever. It's, it's always a work in progress, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's always moments when you're working for yourself and you're, you know, trying to make an impact and trying to figure out your life and trying to figure out a, you know, pandemic and, you know, (laughs) we go through ebbs and flows, right? And that's like, that's, that's life. That's the river of life. We, we move through different flows and there's different states that we are in. And, you know, I think it really comes down to, again, having those resources, Mm -hmm. right? What are the resources that I can use depending on where I'm feeling I'm at rather, you know, and that's where the practice comes in. That's where sometimes self-love comes in or self-care comes in, or maybe, Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe I do need a course because I'm genuinely interested in, again, trying to deepen my practice or become better. I don't necessarily think that that wanting to be a better version of yourself is necessarily a bad thing. Now it can go into the extremes of perfection and imposter syndrome for sure. But then again, that's, you know, that's that flow. And can we recognize that we're going in there? And Mm -hmm. do I have strategies and resources for that? And if I don't, you know, that's when asking for help. Yes. Yes. Right. Because yes. sometimes, you know, the river overflows the bank. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And I think, you know, and I think that's where sometimes we label things because, you know, we need to have diagnoses and we need to, you know, use labels so that we have like a common language mm-hmm. um, to speak about when the river bank overflows. Um but we've made it like, like it's a bad thing to ask for help or to seek therapy or, you know, sometimes medications are needed in certain times to help stabilize, mm-hmm. you know, situations in our lives. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And it doesn't make you less of a person or whatever, no. but it's, it's, it's understanding. I think as yeah. you're moving through life, getting to know yourself getting and building coping strategies and building resiliency. And sometimes that means help. Yeah. And I think even uh, building off of that is just like, I think when people think, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur or start my own passion or whatever it is, and they think it's, you know, all by myself, like they just think, okay, you're on your own now. So sometimes it can feel like I more resp- or more pressure on yourself you're putting because you feel like you, you're, you have to be this certain, again, perfect way or have everything already figured out. But the more I'm learning and, and continuing to learn is just that you know, again, we're not alone. And there's such a big community of everyone doing this um, sort of stuff online, and within just even friends that I know. So 
there's always ways to like, again, have how you're saying conversations with others, learn new ideas. And maybe when you feel stuck and bored, maybe you've mastered something that you were trying to learn and now you're just looking for the next thing to learn. So that's just, again, part of the process, I think. And um, yeah, just looking within your community, I think is so helpful and having some conversations about what are other strategies and ways to kind of overcome this or what, what else could I be doing? You know, there's always more to, to learn. There's, you're never done learning, I think too. Exactly. So, so I do want to do a little bit of learning for our listeners, um, relating back to, you know, yoga and meditation, um, which is kind of just chatting a little bit about some myths because, you know, people might be, you know, people might be looking for different things Mm -hmm. again to different resources, different coping strategies, different ways of doing things, self-care, self-love, but they might be thinking, well, I don't know anything about yoga and I don't know anything about meditation and I'm not very flexible. And, you know, so maybe we could chat a little bit about like, if somebody's kind of thinking, but doesn't really know, like what, what do they need to know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you've hit, hit the big one on the head, which is, uh, you know, I'm not flexible. I think that's one of the biggest myths in yoga. And um, I think that's exactly it is, is there's a lot of, there's a lot of myths that people have when, whenever they think about yoga and meditation Um, specifically, it is, I'm not flexible, can't touch my toes. Um, yoga is not a workout. Like, will I even burn all my calories? Uh, if they, if they're looking for that anyways, or they might just be thinking that, you know, as well, sometimes in the Western world, they don't, it's not also like a lot of, they might just see in a yoga class. It's a lot of females versus males. So there might be a, a bit of intimidation there too. Um, and I think that's really is when you go to a yoga studio, it's that feeling that I have to kind of already have an understanding of what yoga is to begin doing yoga. So really what I wanted to do with my community was just create that environment. So beginners felt welcome. So come as you are, there's no, you don't have to be any level of, you know, physical, um, well, like Fitness. fitness thank you that's the word I'm looking for to to start yoga right you can start just as you are and um, flexibility and any sort of um, you know peacefulness or anything you're going to attain in a yoga class will come with time as you continue to practice it so it's like a sport like you're going to practice soccer or basketball you got to put in the work and you'll get there eventually so yoga is no different it's it's the same thing but and it's an everyday investment and it's not just so there's parts of yoga that's called like asana, which is your physical, actual movement. And then there's actual like eight different, they call it eight different limbs of yoga. So there's so much more to actually be practicing with yoga, whether it's syncing your body with your breath, syncing your mind. And also um, just there's so many different layers to it. So I think it's really just getting over the myth of like feeling like you can't do something. It's just any myth that I think anybody has when they start any new skill or hobby, but there's such a big one when it comes to yoga. Cause I think it's all about like, I have to be flexible. I can't start yoga or everyone's always touching their toes. Like you will learn that like there's ways to, um, build like layers into, uh, I guess, different, different levels and strengths to build up to getting to be able to touch your toes. So different levels basically is what I'm trying to say. So, you know, be patient with yourself, be mindful, but it's, it's definitely a workout because I've also had classes where I've taught and a couple of my um, participants in the class, like my friends and stuff, they've, they've said, I just hit 
600 calories on my Apple watch in a 40 minute class. That is insane to me. And I'm like, wow, that's, that is insane. I, I didn't think I was already <laughs> putting you guys to work that hard. So in my yoga classes specifically for beginners, it's really the environment to explore, uh, understand what you're trying to achieve. And I, I usually try to make it very um, interpersonal with everyone and, and have sort of like a meaning behind each class and a theme. So I do try to have some sort of a meaning and theme behind the class so that you're not just like, okay, I'm moving my body. I'm stretching. This is great. It's more of like, why are we doing it? So, you know, this month, for example, is like energized because I thought it's summer right now. I, I think everybody's just excited about that. So why don't we do different poses or have like different affirmations that are going to help us feel energized within our bodies? And at the same time, you're always going to be feeling relaxed by the end of the class too. And then the main thing this month is really about practicing different breathing techniques every week. So energizing breathing techniques. And I'm learning myself because I'm learning the techniques and then I'm teaching them to my class. So um, yeah, it's very enjoyable, but I, I guess the base, the main message I would say to any beginner is, you know, don't, you don't know until you try. Mm -hmm. And I don't think yoga is for everyone. If, if they, if again, everything is, um, different for everyone and how they go through every experience, but you don't know until you try. And I, I will say every yoga teacher is different. So what you'll see in my class, I don't want everyone to walk away and think every class is going to be the same either. Um, there's definitely different styles and different ways to teach yoga. And mine is a very like beginner flow, very um, like kind of a Hatha yoga style, which is just like different flows and movements together. But I, I really do make it my own. It's, it's not something I've typically seen everywhere but I've I've feed it off of inspiration for sure too to just be able to teach that yeah I was gonna ask because you 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 call your business movement with Mira mm -hmm. yes versus like yoga with Mira you know why why did you choose to go with that mm -hmm. movement was really because I also didn't want to constrain myself to just teaching yoga forever in my life. I knew that this was a new initiative that I wanted to do and really help my community in, which was yoga and, and, you know, specifically meditation with the yoga. But I felt like there was other passions in me and maybe they just haven't been fully uncovered yet. So the word movement, you know, when we just literally look at a Google definition of it, it's like change and development. So it, it was so like syncing up with like what I thought would I would I would be in the future, which is just like you can pivot in different directions. So that word really gave me the permission to be able to pivot down the road. So whether it's even when I think of movement, it's not just about, um, you know, yoga. I also love working out. I also love dancing. I love to dance. I'm not a professional by any means, but I love just moving my body um, and just having a fun dance or whatever it is. So I think it's a combination of being able to move in different directions and also just different ways to move the body. And um, part of my, I guess, whole page is really not just about yoga, but wellness too. And that's because I'm, again, speaking on like self-love and all those kind of practices. I'm really passionate about like inspiring others and helping others, not just through movement, but just like understanding, you know, personal development and growth. So definitely just trying to incorporate a, a bigger thing than just yoga itself. Amazing. Um, any strategies or tips you might give young adults? You know, you sort of mentioned it yourself, like, you know, when you're young, you don't really necessarily think about 
you know, what you should be doing from a lifestyle perspective, you know, um, you know, any, anything, any tips on how young people can start? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's really just not overcomplicating at first because again, like we all see some cool, like, I think it's like workout plans or anything that releases on the media or websites, even TV, like advertisements, really, it's like, oh, wow, look at that new thing. I got to try it. And so now I think the the way the media and the world's work is everyone's catching on to the self-care, self-love thing. But sometimes it can be overused and just kind of used in maybe the wrong way sometimes, but it's then giving people maybe too much and thinking, where do I, where do I begin? So I guess my best advice is just start small, like maybe do a bit of reflection what's something I'm noticing that keeps coming up in my life? You know, what am I, what am I feeling? That's like going really well so far. What am I feeling that maybe I need a bit of help on? And then after you do a bit of reflection, because then it can be more personal that works for you, then maybe just think of like two, three things to start with. Right. So I think for me personally, in my journey, I just graduated. And then the biggest thing was just transitioning to a new job. So practicing three things like, I don't know, developing that morning routine or um, practicing just making sure I'm eating healthier, just small things and trying to start with one thing at a time can help. The other thing I found helpful was, you know, if you're in the stage of life, like many of us who just graduated and started a new job, you're definitely doing this alongside your friends. So even having an accountability buddy can be really helpful. And I, to this day, have that sometimes with my cousin where we, we were doing it these days about like waking up early. So it's just like, hey, what time did you wake up? What time did you wake up? And just kind of like a check-in. It doesn't need to be every day. It could be weekly, whatever you want it to be. But then you feel like, okay, you're doing it with somebody, um, somebody on the same page as you, and you're trying to get into that direction. So that's another thing I would say. And then the other thing is just trying to, if you if you really want to make it even smaller increments of a change try to see how you can incorporate it in your own routine. So it's just like, maybe you're working every hour, take a five minute break. And maybe when you take that five minute break, you're going to make it a priority to get up and stand up and walk to go get some water and maybe do like three stretches, like incorporating small ways to do movement within your daily routine. So you don't have to change too much. And then once you, once you can kind of commit to yourself, like I've done one thing consistently for like, I don't know, three weeks or so, then maybe add something else to it, right? That's how I did it. I didn't say I'm going to start my morning routine and do 12 things in one month. I said, I'm just going to start making my bed for like a month. And if I can do that, then I'll add in another layer of like doing a bit of yoga and meditation for five minutes. And as I kept doing that, it just, it got easier and easier to build another habit on top without feeling like I have to achieve so many things at once. So breaking it down into small steps. Amazing. Thank you so much. No so problem. I want to ask, um, you know, anybody who's, you know, cause people might be feeling inspired. People may want to know more. So where can people find you follow your journey or get into your class or, you know, just see what's going on. Where, where are you at? Where can people find you? <laughs> yes. So I'm currently just on Instagram and my page is called again, movement with Mira. So that's where you can find me and all my links to any classes. I have like a zoom link 
And um, like a registration link is in my biography on my class. I mean, on my page. So you will find everything there and uh, you can always DM me and I would be more than happy to give you um, any more details or any questions that you had. Okay. So just for clarifying, your handle is movement with Mira on Instagram and the link to the zoom and registration is on your Instagram bio Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Just making sure so that everybody is quite clear and we will post your Instagram link in the show notes. So people can just like copy and paste and find you uh, really quickly. I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, sharing your journey, having a chit chat with me. Um, That was really fun and uh, really positive. And I definitely feel energized from this conversation. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It was honestly so lovely to speak to you. And I think in our first chat, I had such a great connection with you. I was like, I'm so looking forward to today and I feel the exact same way. So thank you so much. Amazing. And I'm going to take a moment to just thank our listeners that join us. Um, You know, if you're not joining us every week, consider subscribing. Um, Always consider sharing and posting out the episode because you never know what impact you're going to make or what message somebody needs to hear or whose story is going to create what inspiration um, that might help, help somebody. So subscribe, share, and then, of course, join us next week for an all new episode. Bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for hanging out. So as I mentioned at the beginning, we have recently released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. And in this mini training, I take you through what pain is, how labor pain is different than like an acute ankle sprain type of pain. I talk about the three different ways that you can work with pain And then at the end, I actually teach three different ways that you can work with labor pain to have a more positive birth experience. If you would like to access this free mini training, you can go to courses.ecophysio.com forward slash mini training, or you can look in the description of today's podcast episode At the end of the description, a link will be there for you to get the free mini training. Hope to connect with you there. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.